0: About three months ago, I was at a crossroad. My husband, Eddie, and I were living in the Middle East with our two-year-old son. Eddie was often away from home flying long international trips. Living as an expat away from my family, I had to decide on whether or not to launch the AV platform. On one hand, I wanted so badly To create this space for women to have better insights, a sense of community, and ultimately a platform to express themselves. This platform is what I wanted most when I entered the aviation industry. On the other hand, I wasn't sure if my mommy brain could handle the technical, the creative and the time commitment to build this platform. My husband and I had just decided to make the move back to America, so I had a move to organize, possibly launch a new project, and all the while caring for my son. I took some time, like about 15 seconds, and I leaped. My longtime friend and business partner, Michael Wilds, the executive producer of this show, and I, we submitted a proposal highlighting the platform to potential sponsors. Not even a week later, Atlantic aviation came on board to support the aviate with Shasta platform. I was so happy, thrilled and just excited to receive the news. From that point on, after many late nights working and recording, Michael and I have devoted everything to serve our sponsor and you well. In the past 75 days, the 88 platform has released 10 video, audio, and print campaigns. We have launched 12 podcast episodes. Our audience comes from 73 countries. 110,000 minutes of our podcast episodes have been played and we've had over 325,000 impressions on social media. Wow, I need a second to just soak this all in. I have a few words from the heart to share with you. If there is something that you are passionate about, that thing that lingers in your soul as you go about your day but you're concerned about the timing in your life do it the timing will work itself out if you are struggling with confidence and pursuing something that you're just so crazy excited about go for it the confidence will come This season is only the start of the platform. We plan to grow our community strong so that women have a space to come as they are, shine in their passions, and enjoy all that aviation has to offer. It's going to take some time, but we're all in. As I record this final introduction of Season 1 in the guest bedroom of my parents' house in Florida as we await to settle in from our move. I want to thank you for being a significant part of the AVA platform. Thank you for being part of our growing community. I look forward to aviating with you in season two. episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Atlantic Aviation. Atlantic Aviation provides aircraft ground support in over 60 locations across the U.S. I'm proud to be partnered with a company that puts their people first and values diversity and inclusion. Their vision and mission is evident through the various resource programs they support. Experience the Atlantic attitude today, Check out atlanticaviation.com to see all 60-plus locations and plan your next visit. Today's guest is Sue Summers, the VP of Sales and Marketing at Atlantic Aviation. Sue is described as the heart and soul of the Atlantic attitude. With over 25 years of experience in aviation, Sue oversees brand management, marketing, sales initiatives, and customer development. Sue, welcome, and thank you for joining me on the Aviate with Shasta
1: podcast. It's a pleasure to be here, Shasta. Thanks for having me. Absolutely,
0: thank you. Uh, So Sue, can you share more about your background in aviation, because I did some digging and there's not that much about you and you play such a significant role in aviation, so if you don't mind sharing more
1: about you, sure, sure, be happy to tell this story. Um, I started my career in aviation um, at the very bottom of the um, the rung of where you could begin as a female
0: as a <laughs> customer
1: service rep. Okay, um, for a company called uh, Millionaire, who you might have heard of. Right. It's a franchise of FBOs. Um, I grew from the customer service rep to a customer service manager and eventually was promoted to the general manager of Millionaire at um in New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay, um, because it was a franchise and I worked so closely with um the franchise company that was based in Dallas. Uh Lou Pepper, who owned the franchise, invited me to go to work for him in Dallas. Uh, We ran the Millionaire franchise for quite a few years, grew it to about 37 uh, franchises. And then as the industry was consolidating and rolling up and the smaller FBOs were getting bought up, um, Lou decided and myself decided that we were going to try to um, find some investors and start to buy FBOs ourselves, and we did that and then eventually um, sold the franchise company, bought a couple of locations with a few investors, decided to, uh, the biggest acquisition we had was Atlantic Aviation, so uh, despite being millionaire for so many years and me being so entrenched in that as well as Lou, We went a different route and started the, um, continued, I should say, with Atlantic Aviation and grew the company from an initial five locations to the almost 70 locations that they are today. Wow,
0: incredible. So you really had to work your way up. Um, And when you first started, did you, what were your um, ambitions? Did you want... Did you ever
1: envision yourself to be in the position that you are in today? You know, I really didn't. Um, I have to say that my initial ambitions were to be work closely uh, to home and where my children were. Um, I was sort of in a um, position of public relations with another company. Uh, But when I saw the interaction with people, uh, I could see that that was my calling I was sincere, I was good at it, and I wanted um, to continue there. But that was only my my initial um, ambition, kind of. At that time, I, they were first in my life, my children. Right. And um, so I wasn't really thinking past that, Shasta. Yeah. Uh, but over time, uh, you know, my children were getting, growing up, and I was figuring out that I could manage a career as well as raise a family. And I I really thought that I could make a difference. I wanted to be a decision maker, um, not for my personal benefit, but that would be good for other people. And, um, so I started down that path and, um, it was a lot of sacrifices and a lot of changes, but everything kind of came as it, as it will. And, um, you know, eventually led to where I am today over many years.
0: You know, Sue, it's so interesting because I've done a couple of podcast interviews now uh, with just some of the most incredible leading women in aviation, and most of them are moms. And they say that as they were progressing in their career, they just had to figure it out, how to balance motherhood and, and their job. Um, did you have anything to help guide you or were you just kind of taking it day by day, figuring it out? You
1: know, motherhood's a funny thing and that's pretty much what you do (laughs) and you figure it out. Um, I had a lot of support uh, from my parents who helped pick up my kids from school and watch them for me in the afternoons. But basically, it was juggling both. And it's amazing the, um, the strength you find when you, A, have to have a job, and B, really want to make a difference. And, and you can blend them together. But it's right. figuring it out day by day, for sure. It's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really good insight there. Um, what is one thing from your personal life that you would like people to know about you?
1: I I guess that's just it, just, okay. I didn't have dreams of, um, you know, I had a business degree, aviation. I had no, I mean, uh, education. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't. I, I thought I was just going to be a mom, and and then realized that uh, after having these children, there was more to life, and there was more that I could do, and um, so personally, that's the one thing that. Uh, I wound up being a single mom and that personally, that's the one thing that I'd like everybody to know about me, that I did start from the bottom, um, didn't get hired into the position I'm in today, not even close. And then I was doing it all the while raising a family.
0: Wow. That's, that's really, um very important for people to know because most of my friends are so afraid that once they have a, a child that their career ends there. Um, and you know, it's challenging, but that's not the case. And it is a lot of figuring it out and leaning on your community, like your parents, your neighbors, yes. your other moms in in the area. Uh, so I today I want to talk to you about community because I think it's so important. It impacts, each and every one of us in different ways. Um, and, and so who would you describe to be in your community? Not, not in a professional sense, but like around you, who would you consider to be a part of your community?
1: Well, it's funny because um, obviously my community is my family, my children, right. um, my grandchildren, my great friends, but so much of my community is actually my work family as well. Um, Wow! It's it's just amazing. The people that I work with are also, in very, very many instances, uh, good friends um, and kind of what I consider extended family. So my community is really a blend of both of those.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. You know, I can relate to that because my community it does start at the core with my family, but it is also my friends that I've gone to college with and that I've worked with. And then I have a, a professional group of women that I lean on for advice on how to navigate. And then I have like three or four people in the industry who are men who also help guide me. And this is my, my pact. <laughs> this is who I go to, um, to kind of help support me and the things that I want to do.
1: And they're so important. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I've i talked about that and I can talk about it later on as well as having um, those people that you lean on that are your mentors that you really respect yeah. and you can learn so much from them. I know I did. And now my goal in life is to give that back to so many special people on my team. And our organization is extremely unique, um, at Atlantic that, um, we, we just have good, just blessed with a very good group of, um, upstanding individuals that I'm happy to call my friends and my extended family. Very, very fortunate. Right. Oh, that's great. You know, they say a good group of people,
0: are only as good as their leader. And the fact that you have that insight and and that compassion and that understanding, I think that's a recipe for a great team, uh, which you all have at Atlantic aviation. We Um, we
1: are really, really lucky that these people would be my friends, whether uh, I worked with them or not. And I, um, I can honestly say that my, my success is dependent on my core team and, the other rest of our work community around us we all lean on each other and i think that's the secret of atlantic success the respect that we have for each other for our moral compass for the way we treat each other and our employees it's just the secret sauce for us well, let's
0: let's get into it then uh with Atlantic Aviation. Um so you are the v- VP of Sales and Marketing. Can you tell us a little bit of what the Atlantic
1: attitude is? Oh, I sure can. <laughs> when, when um we had uh, the millionaire franchise, it was totally different. We were trying to please 37 other uh franchisees and so um I was trying to find a program that we could work with that they would uh, respect and admire. But it wasn't until we came uh, became Atlantic that we could really um, sort of bring a culture to our employees. And we started, as I said, with a small group of five, and then we became seven, and then we became ten. But I was searching for a platform that all of our employees could relate to. and. It wasn't, I didn't want a stiff, um, rich Colton type of training. I wanted it to be something that we could all relate to. So I found this program that changed it up a little bit to fit us, called it The Atlantic Attitude. And it is um, based on four simple principles, Shasta. And it's it's so simple, it's almost silly but these principles are 1 choose your attitude okay 2 make someone's day 3 focus and and that doesn't mean just focus on yourself focus on the people around you and what they're doing and what their needs are and the last principle which is so important is enjoy what you do be sure you're doing a job that you love, play, and enjoy what you do. And and we really felt like this would reach every employee at Atlantic, which now, you know, so many locations and so many employees, from our CEO to our line techs that fuel the airplanes, which you probably have a lot of interaction with and our customers do. But these are just simple basics that... That work in your personal life, yeah, as well as your professional life, and this uh culture that we've created, we spend as much time on that as we do training technical skills um, that our that our employees go through the program, they're refreshed every year, they're reminded of it every month in certain little things that they can do to choose their attitude. Uh, we conduct classes at all of the bases, um, and it's right. interactive, and it's fun, and it's rewarding, and it's it's part of our life. It is yeah. truly part of our life.
0: Gosh, I love it. You're absolutely right. The, the, the principles of that culture, um, it's very simple, but it will make such a huge difference. And I've heard a lot of great things about you from your team and the interactions that I've had with them. They have a lot of respect for you and they have nothing but great things to say about you. And these four principles sound like they really come from like your heart. Um, How do you get the courage to, I guess, have this vision that comes from within you and put it out there for a big company to embrace? Uh, where do you get the courage and the confidence from?
1: I guess I never thought about that much. It was just something I wanted to. I thought was so important. Yeah, you know, we spend. Uh, I don't have the actual statistics in front of me, but how many hours in a in in a, a year, and how many hours of those were spent at work? And I just I was enjoying what I was doing so much that I wanted to share. I wanted yeah. everybody to feel this way. We've all, we've all experienced people that, you know, whether it's in retail or over the phone, you talk to a very unhappy employee and it comes across. Right. And I just had a, a a desire to share this happiness with others. And we started small and then it was just so rewarding to see how everybody was enjoying it that as right. we grew, we wanted it to grow and um i have a team a remarkable team of employees that report directly to me and their enthusiasm um matched mine and we just we just couldn't wait to share the good news and uh, i didn't feel courageous at all to me it just it just felt good to do it
0: right you know what you just said is such an important lesson for women because i know in general we struggle with following our voice or speaking up or or doing something with great deal of confidence. But if you really believe in it and it's a passion of yours, you got to act on that passion because it will be powerful. And it sounds like that was the case for you. And it's been so successful um, throughout your career. It has.
1: It's, um, you know, what you just said. uh, I I could never sell anything I didn't believe in. Right. Um, I, I I remember before my aviation career when my kids were babies, I was selling jewelry and I was the top salesperson uh, for jewelry because I loved it. <laughs> I wanted everybody to do it. And then um, somebody approached me about selling something, uh, kitchen-related items or something. And I was like, I have no desire to do that. I don't even <laughs> like that stuff. So I, I had to be... A believer in it. And I just right. was such a believer in Atlantic and the amazing employees that we had uh, that it was just easy. It was just right. easy. And it made the job of, of selling the chain to our customers it, it just that much easier. Right. They did the work for me. <laughs>
0: Right, right. Since we're on the topic of sales, um, there's an interesting statistics out there. According to Lucid Charts, 33% of women in sales positions unfortunately receive disrespectful comments while at work. Have you had any um, experiences in your career where you've been disrespected? And if so, how did you deal with it?
1: Um. I, I I don't know that disrespected so much. Mm-hmm. I felt like um, I had, I was very, one of very few women in aviation when, um, when um, I, I became, you know, a part of it and part of an executive team. And, um, and I tell this to a lot to, to women today. Um, I, took pride in my appearance. I like mm-hmm. to dress. I like to wear makeup. And I, I don't, you know, I think that's a fine way to be. But I didn't want to be known for that right. to a pretty girl in the industry. I wanted to, to be recognized for what I could do and my accomplishments and what I had hoped to accomplish. And um, I did receive hear comments in the past about, um, well, Sue, when we first met you, uh, you know, we didn't think you were, would be that much, uh, of a contributor to our team. But then the, when I got to know you better, I, I found that you were. So I feel like women, especially me in the beginning before there were many women in this industry kind of got a, a bum rap. Just right. because we were a woman, and um, you know that's history, and uh, it was it was my job to prove people different, right. and that's what I try to tell my team as I mentor them: um, just be known for and recognized for what you can contribute. And so I, I don't know if that was disrespectful comment, yeah, Shasta. As much as people didn't give me much credit in the very beginning until, uh, until they got to know me. And I was very definitely in, um, in a man's industry. I remember, uh, I'm kind of a a stickler for promptness right? uh, because when, um, you're traveling with six men trying to raise money and (laughs) they tell you to meet them down at the elevators at the bottom floor at eight o'clock and you're there at 8 o'clock, but they've been there 10 minutes to 8. They kind of joke with you about it, you know, and then uh, say, well, were you busy putting your mascara on, Sue, or something? And I was like, well, I'm not going to let that happen again. So uh, kind of made me a a stickler for being even more uh, ahead of the the clock when you needed to be down there for 8. I was down there for quarter to 8. So
0: I learned a lot
1: being the only woman uh but it's helped me uh, on my journey for sure.
0: Right. Oh goodness. Uh you know as you were sa- sharing the story with me, I thought of um a time when I was getting ready to fly around the world. It was so hard to convince some of the men that I was serious. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm I'm like you, I like to look presentable and I enjoy makeup and and looking and feeling great. It's just a personal thing. Uh so Sometimes when I would be in front of the plane talking to potential donors or just sharing what I was getting ready to do to fly a single-engine airplane solo around the world, I did get comments of people just not believing in me or believing that I could do something like this. And um, I remember I got to a point where I was just like, I don't know what more to do. Like, I'm giving everything I have to to accomplish this. And I just reached a point where I thought, you know what, words can only do so much the next step is action and by me going from one country to another that's just telling people that I am serious and that I am doing it so um, when you when you shared your story about you know people had one um, idea of what you would contribute and as you you showed up and you did the work then people realized okay sue's serious and she's a great contributor so I think that's a great tip for women is just, Don't be too um, discouraged by what you hear, maybe, and just work hard and your work will speak for you.
1: Absolutely. Just action and prove it. Prove what you know. So it is a little harder for us because you're not going to get that 100% approval from the get-go, just like you experienced. But it's all worth it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, So you have been in aviation for over 25 years what have you noticed that has changed significantly for women in our industry?
1: I, I think the acceptance of us um, being in the industry, you, you know, it, uh, and not as admins or just, uh, you know, that sort of thing. That we, 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 did, we did make a difference. Um, you know, how many times have you gotten on an airline and, you know, as you get on the plane, you look to the left. And how who's in the cockpit, yeah, still today it's which I'm sure you have more about I'm not a pilot, but it's still typically men, but now you are seeing a few more women, you're seeing people like yourself do what you do, and that's why we have so much respect for you, Shasta, and what Thank you're you. accomplishing. people like you're featuring on your podcast who have made a difference. I, I do see that this is becoming a more accepting industry for women, but we have a long way to go. Yeah. We have a long way to go. Yeah. I think the D&I uh, focus in the last couple of years has championed that cause a bit, um, and it's been helpful, and right. um, I'm happy to see that. But it's definitely been a change from from when I started, Yeah. but for the good, for sure.
0: Right, I would agree, and it—you know—it's like you said, we're getting started, um, and you're seeing a lot of organizations in aviation taking it serious and, yes. and acting on initiatives that support this. With with there being more women coming into aviation now, um, what would be your advice to them in terms of leveraging their communities?
1: Yeah. Uh, as a newcomer, I, I, I would, I would suggest for them to, to start learning from someone they respect. Mm-hmm. As you said, you lean on some people seek out a mentor. Um, I had the privilege of having an amazing mentor when I started, uh, we all know that Lou Pepper is the CEO of Atlantic Aviation. Um, he's like a brother to me. We've known each other for 30 years, 35 years. Wow! Uh, I have tremendous respect for him. Um, I leaned on him for everything. He taught me everything he knew, not even knowing he was teaching me. Right. Um, I, I, his moral, his morals, his integrity were just so important to me. So I always suggest that to anybody that's starting in this industry, especially a female, seek out a mentor, seek out several people that you respect and you, and that you can, you can work with or learn from and be, um, realistic in your expectations. You need to work hard and, you also need to come to the understanding that it doesn't happen overnight. Right, It takes time to get where you are and, but you'll get there faster with hard work and a, and a good, uh, a good mentor. And so um, it's a passion of mine as yeah. well to give back what I received.
0: You know, I think there is a misconception uh, that as a woman in aviation that you have to have a female mentor. And I have to say, Sue, some of, my most influential mentors in my life have been from men. Um, And yet, you know, they don't understand some of the things that we go through, but I think they understand the industry well, and they are our our biggest allies here, you know? Um, So have most of your mentors in aviation been men? Uh, Mostly
1: because that's pretty much all I had to fall back on in in that day. Um, but um, they were good friends as well. And then later on, you know, I would have, uh, it's almost funny, Shasta, and now it's people that I originally mentored that work with me and and on my team that we feed off of each other. We just, uh, you know, I always say to my team, hey, four of us making this decision is going to be way smarter than me just making it. So we feed off of each other. We respect each other's uh, opinions. So almost the people I mentored are back at it to me. I don't know that you'd call it a mentor, but just another person that you can trust and help you make some smart decisions. And I think that's why we've been so successful. So it's just kind of strange how it comes full circle. Yeah.
0: No, I... Couldn't agree with you more. And since you're giving this advice to our listeners, um, for a young woman who's considering a career in marketing and aviation, what can they start and stop doing to get started?
1: Um, Pretty much what I mentioned. To get started, you know, bring what you learned, bring what you learned in school, bring what you know. You're probably younger than the people. That you're going to work for. Yeah. And that's a good thing. You know more than we know. So respectfully share it. And also that's a wonderful thing to start doing. Yeah. And, and maybe something you stop doing, if you're so inclined, is thinking you know everything.
0: Yeah. Because
1: this is, a, you know, as in any new opportunity, there's always a lot to learn. Yeah. And and respect the people who've done a lot and then start sharing what you know. I We've recently hired a very young girl straight out of college and she was a little bit reluctant and hesitant. Um, and we finally approached her and said, you have a lot more information than we do mm-hmm. and you can help us more than you know and we want to hear it. And so um, it's helped her come out of her shell a little bit where she was a little bit intimidated by people like myself and my team who have 20, 25 years on the, on the, uh, in this job, we don't know at all. Yeah. And we welcome young people with fresh ideas, but the key to it is, is being respectful. Right. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you nurture a community within Atlantic aviation? That's, very prominent, especially with your 60-plus FBO locations in the
1: U.S. Yeah, I think that's being very connected to them. Just uh, uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, myself, and we call it the culture committee, which is usually the seven or eight people on the sales team, because we do a lot of customer service training. So we were visiting a lot of FBOs and really getting to know the people and their first names and all about their families and their struggles and what they, you know, what they uh, did that was so amazing for us. They, you know, we often say we don't make a dime in the corporate office. All the money that Atlantic makes is made out in the field by these amazing people Mm -hmm. who um, we, we got to know just because of the type of people we are. We're true, interested in people and in their lives. And, um, I think it showed Yeah. and we talk to them regularly. We, we, we call them regularly. We know about their, their lives. We know their kids' names and mm-hmm. uh, we can't know that of every employee, but as many as we can touch, we do when we visit them and we have Atlantic attitude workshops where we get to know them better. And, um, I just feel like they're part, they feel part of, um, a bigger group that's, um, you know, sharing the the trials and the happy things and the trials we go through as we work, we all are working for the same goal.
0: Yeah. You know, Sue, I have to share this with you. So, um, before I took off to fly around the world, I did a lot of training, uh, to prepare me and, we had a partnership with Atlantic aviation. And so whenever I would fly to an airport in preparation for the global flight, I would land at an Atlantic, uh, Atlantic FBO. And it was always like such consistent hospitality and just people just being so kind and accommodating and welcoming. And so right then and there, you know, I, I felt the culture that you guys have because it was every FBO that I would go to. There was a level of um, warmth and professionalism that I that I would get. Um, so you have it within your network, within your community at, at Atlantic Aviation, but it also goes down to the customers, and you feel that when you land and and you get out and and uh,
1: get ready Thank to go. You. Yeah, it, so, it's a good feeling, and it's fun yeah. to say that. Because um, we have a new member in, our, um, in the senior executive team and who has just started visiting some Atlantics. And he said, Sue, I'm convinced you piped something in through the air conditioning system because everybody's nice everywhere I go. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just the Atlantic attitude. Right. Uh, we, we, just, we have happy people who love what they do. They're choosing their attitude. And I always say happy employees make happy customers and happy customers buy more. Trust me, from my shopping experiences, I just want to buy from the lady who's being nice to me. (laughs)
0: Right, exactly. Oh, man, so true. Um, In terms of marketing, is there a specific campaign that you are most proud of?
1: Yes, there is. Um, and it's rather recent. Um, it was a, a marketing uh, that we did, and um, during the pandemic, okay. when so many of our employees were struggling with what did they do about daycare? Schools were closed, and people were sick, and they uh, so we were short staffed, and people were working. You know, over time, and it was just, you know, during the height of the pandemic, and we did a campaign that pictured of hundreds of employees' real faces on the ad, and the ad read, "It's because of all of them that were there for you, that we were able to stay open and support the flying community because of these hardworking people." who came in and had to wear masks and work double time and had to find child care. So that was my point was we're nothing without these wonderful group of people. And it was a very well-received ad in the trade magazines. We put it in our screens in our lobbies. And um, it not only made our customers feel good, it made our employees feel good. And, and that I wanted to recognize them. And it's wow. probably one of my proudest ones.
0: Right. Wow. That's that's very heartwarming. Um. And also with the pandemic, there were an increase in business operations uh, in terms of flights. So I know you all must have been really busy, uh, even though the airlines were not flying as much. Correct. Yeah, correct.
1: We saw, you know, people that normally would. Fly first class on the airlines. Right. Were were now chartering, and we saw a, a pickup in in that business. You know right. the the business bases. The New York areas were a little bit slower, but places where people were going to hunker down in the in the Floridas and in the aspens of the world were just seeing a, a, you know phenomenal activity, causing right. our employees to. To really be stretched, right, and um some you know working thirteen days without a day off, wow, uh, and just did it with a happy face, yeah, because they were just with their friends and enjoying what they do. The four principles or attitude are almost so simple, it's yeah. just it just and it just keeps coming back to you that that's yeah. what it takes, right. Well, Sue, I
0: want to take a moment and sincerely thank you and Atlantic Aviation for being our launch sponsor. Not only is Atlantic Aviation on the, forefront, for the front lines of promoting diversity and inclusion in aviation, but you all are taking action by supporting initiatives like this. Yes. Thank you for supporting us um, and allowing us to have these important conversations with women in our industry. So just want to say thank you to that. We're so um,
1: proud to be a part of a sponsor for you. Uh, We're passionate about this as well. And it's refreshing to be able to, that somebody like you is doing this and for us to be able to support you. So
0: thank you. Thank you, really. And we'll wrap it up with just one final question that I ask every guest who uh, comes onto the podcast. And that is, what has been the best advice you've received as a woman in aviation?
1: That I received? Yes. Be yourself, be fair, and do what you do best.
0: Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sue. Well, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure.
1: Same here, Shasta.